With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, let's go ahead, turn this page, holla at our guy, Patrick Nosey Walker of DallasCowboys.com to give you some of the science for this week three matchup. What's good, brother Pat? My bad. I did. I was slipping with the music. I was. <laughs> Listen, I'm like, it's all right though. Let me talk to you. Talk to me, man. Come on. This is two and no start. We getting some players back, man. I'm in here talking about the injury report, but you down there? You seeing it? You in the building, man? How we feeling this week with these guys? I'm feeling real good, man. I mean, uh, I was pleasantly surprised i wasn't surprised that donovan wilson would get any uh work with the with the team practice uh part of uh the situation yesterday but nonetheless he got full he was a full participant and i was expecting to see him as limited so when that injury report dropped yesterday and i mean there was the, the expectations as far as brandon cooks being limited and chumi doga being limited and tyler smith being limited all positive things that kind of lend toward them having a great shot at playing against the Cardinals. But Donovan Wilson being full, I mean, that really perked my eyeballs up quite a bit because obviously uh, we've been waiting for Donald to get back to the field with that calf strain and, you know, the well, and thank God they have the depth that they have and yeah. Marquise Bell and Wanye Thomas and those young guys being able to step up. But, man, so you're telling me that this defense that is, as we speak, the best in the league, at both rushing the passer and taking the ball away, and one of the best in the league at stopping the run, was doing that without Donovan Wilson, and now he's back, ready to tune up against the Cardinals. I mean, let's go. Tune up the band. That's what I said on Twitter. If you, you're getting a guy like Donovan Wilson back into this defense, tune up the band because the Sweet Chin music is coming, Pat. It's coming. Um, yeah, and, and that's what I've been, yeah, that's what I've been trying to tell people, uh, Sky, is that you know people are like, well, Rest him another week, rest him another couple of weeks, and they're talking about guys like Tyler and guys like Dono, and, and they're even saying, oh, well, rest back up a couple of weeks off of a rolled ankle as if Tyron didn't play in a, with a rolled ankle against the Giants and allowed no pressures. Um, Zach is perfectly fine. He's taking some rest to let that ankle handle itself, and he'll be on the field. But my thing is, number one, stop overlooking opponents. People are like, oh, well, Thanks. you should be. Yeah, you should. But that doesn't mean you will because those guys get paid too. And also keep in mind, those are, that's the same Cardinals team that, you know, allowed a historic comeback from Daniel Jones and company on their own field. So those boys have something to play for this week, if only pride. So they're going to come out a scrappy bunch. They already don't have Buda Baker. They don't have Carlos Watkins. And they hear all week how they're going to get beat 100-0. to zero. Uh, Careful thinking like that. So perfect tune-up game for guys like Dono, Tyler, kind of get back in the mix against – uh, a team who's not in the upper echelon, but again, it's still an NFL team. So you know, sharpen your teeth against those guys. Get ready for it. so you'll be in prime form against teams like the 49ers, for example. You you read my mind, man. You actually kind of hit on two things I was going to ask you about. 
Uh, is there some internal conversation about possibly resting any of these dudes if they're ready because of the opponent, A, and B, you didn't say the word, but there seems to be this kind of quiet fear from a minority on the Twitter sphere of this potentially being a trap game. But you guys talk to – I know, I had to laugh about it. You guys talk to – Are we going to do this every other week? Like, what are we doing? That's what I'm saying. Look, what, ladies and gentlemen, what are we doing? Are we going to do this every other week? I can't deal I mean, with the it. Cowboys can't control. Yeah, the Cowboys can't control what quarterback they go up against or what team they go up against. Yeah. That's why I love what uh, Tank said yesterday uh, in, in a conversation that he had in the locker room, and I was standing by and I asked him about uh, maintaining the mama mentality uh, and and not playing down the competition because they, you know, clearly learned lessons from matchups like Green Bay and Jacksonville last year. And hell, everybody's talking about well, they might play down to Josh Dobbs. I don't. I know that they won't, but here's the, the additional evidence. Didn't they kind of, you know, find out they were in a dogfight with Josh Dobbs over in the first half in Nashville last year? Mm-hmm. So they know not to take Josh Dobbs lightly. I mean, he's still an NFL quarterback, and if you're in the NFL, and you know, you can make plays. So they're not taking this guy lightly. And like Tank said, it doesn't matter who's back there. The Cowboys are going to hunt. So <laughs> Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, Josh Dobbs, uh, Calvin and Hobbs. It doesn't matter who's back there. <laughs> these guys are going to try. To, yeah, these guys are going to get back there and try to wreak havoc. Hey man, you you quite literally are in my notes right here because I was going to bring up what Demarcus Lawrence said, and this is what he said, Joe. This is why I love the mentality of this team. He says, I feel like every week we're going to be facing a running quarterback. It doesn't matter who's there. If you're not a running quarterback, you're going to want to make sure your legs work. <laughs> You better make Mike sure those blades dropped. work. Oh, my goodness, man. So, you know, when I hear that and, and, and we know about Micah's mentality, I'm not, I don't get trap game vibes around there, taking the cheese vibes. But, I mean, again, you're in the locker room. You're around the star, these coaches, these players. I, I have to ask you so that we can get some clarity here. Is there any taking of the cheese vibes in week three of this season so far? Not even remotely. Uh I, I harken back to post-game on Sunday. Guys walk into the locker room, and, and fans saw it from the videos that were posted from, you know, my media colleagues who posted the walk the locker room videos as far as players walking in. You didn't see any, you know, shouting, any high-fiving. You didn't see business. any of that. You saw it was, it was like business, business as usual. Michael Parsons, for example, Michael was walking, kind of had his head down with his hand in his helmet like just another day at the office. That's the energy that, we have that I'm seeing walking around the locker room and, and on the practice field uh, yesterday, walking through the locker room, you would think this was the season opener that they're going against that. They're not two and zero. They are quite literally approaching every week as if they're zero and zero and they're trying to go one and no. You've heard Osa say it. You've heard J Ron Kerr say it. And that's the energy from the coaching staff down to, you know, the 53rd man on the roster down to the 7th or 16th man on the practice squad because they don't have 17 right now. So every single person has bought into the fact that you're not 1-0, you're not 2-0, potentially not 3-0 after you, you know, hopefully beat the Cardinals as I project that they will. You're 0-0 going into every single week. And I love that mentality. They're level-headed. They're not getting up. They're not getting down. They're just going about it as business as usual, another day at the office. I often – talk about this 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 season at the very least because the way this cowboy team has started there's a, a 60 point differential pat in these first two games and you can kind of come away from this like everything is is you know, great right but 
sometimes you got to look internally and find what, what what small thing can I get better at? What what pissed me off that day to get better, even though we're whooping dudes 70 to 10 over the first two weeks? And right now that talking point is the red zone. There, there seems to be this. I don't know why. There's people pressing this panic button. There's alarm. There's there's key keying about the red zone. And I just think it's hilarious because you just went three for four in week one and you started off the game two for three. And now everybody is is ringing the alarms as if Mike McCarthy isn't a great red zone guy, as if this offense hasn't been great. But nonetheless, I do know competitors like McCarthy, competitors like Dak, they try to find these small things. And that is something that they talked about after the game. Like, hey, we want to make sure we punch all these in. We want to go six for six. Context removed, though. Um, do you Is this something that they're talking about down there? Or is this something they're concerned about? Or is this another thing that, hey, let me find something to be better at because we have to. We're we 60-point differential, 70 to 10. I got to find something. I mean, it's something they're talking about just in the aspect of anytime you get down to the red zone and you don't come away with a touchdown, it needs to be a discussion in, in the meetings with players and in the meetings between coaches and assistant coaches. So, obviously, that's going to be a, a, a dialogue. You know, if you look at them being first and goal from the one-yard line, you, you're forced to settle for three, that's going to be a conversation. Now, the question is, what is the conversation? So, to answer your second question, is there conversation? Well, first, is the conversation? Yes. Is there concern? No, because the conversation goes around uh, execution. Example, on that drive that, well, you know, on that drive that ended with first and goal and that hinder shot handoff, Hendershot plays it to the edge, but the blocking did not seal the edge. And I said it on Twitter. I said it on the break this week, and I'll continue to say it. Uh, I believe Hendershot is extremely talented, but in that situation, he needs to uh, run the the way the blocking is set up, not run yeah, the was, play as the call. was there. Yeah, he ran the plays that was called, which was to the edge. But in that instant, if he had planted his foot, looked left, all he had to do was turn up field, and he could have fell into the end zone for a touchdown. So to me, that's more play. I'm sorry, more execution than anything else. And then another execution error was as exceptional as Malik Cooker has been, and then he made up for it with his touchdown on that Garrett Wilson touchdown. If Malik Cooker crashes down on Garrett Wilson's outside shoulder, which is his right shoulder instead of his inside shoulder, that's it's a catch. Maybe at best, it's a catch but it stops right there with no yards after the catch. But worst case, it's probably an interception on a jumped route. And then mid-level, it's a PBU. So small execution issues like that that can be cleaned up very easily. And I promise you next time, uh, it's probably not Hendershot getting that, that handoff. It's probably Hunter Lipke uh, or Deuce Vaughn getting that handoff. Somebody who's a fullback or a running back who has that vision and the ability to make that decision in the yep. moment and then turn up field as opposed to one of your tight ends trying to do it. That, that's a great point. And, and more context, right? Touchdown callback on a bull crap. Uh, I think I, I think it was a bull crap hold by Tyron Smith. And then at the end of the it, game, it was. yeah, it was terrible. And, that, and I think it was the same drive, actually. I think it was third down. It was like third and 15 now or third and whatever it was. They just hand the ball off. Let's go ahead and kick the field goal and get up out of here because the game's over. So context matters, but I understand certain fans don't care about context. Oh, and, and, and also there's a, going leading to my point about execution. There's another execution error. As surgical as Dak Prescott was, yeah, he missed uh, particularly Ferguson. on third down, yeah, he missed Ferguson. So Ferguson actually got free on the release on, on that back fade uh, in the end zone. And the, the throw sale on Dak Prescott, that's one he wants back. If he gets that, that makes up for Hendershot, his lack of execution on the handoff. But you see what I mean? One yeah. execution issue and then another execution, execution issue. So here's what people should really take away from it. Instead of panicking, 
while your Cowboys win 70 to 10, which could have been 70 to 3 easily, or 77 to 3, or 84 to 3. I mean, these are realistic numbers if they get a couple touchdowns uh, and, you know, lack of execution cost them a couple touchdowns. I understand the discussion, but concern? I mean, like, you got to be kidding me. Like, you got to be yeah, kidding man. me. Yeah. This team, like I said, this team, if they execute like we know they can, if they make those little tweaks, if Hendershot gets that touchdown or if Ferguson uh, catches the touchdown that on that sale pass, by that I mean if that pass was down and catchable, um, or Malik Hooker does it, dot, dot, dot. I mean, I'm talking about an 84-3 to margin through the first two weeks. <laughs> They got five something. So man. this is the team people. Are, this is the team people are concerned about. This is without Cooks. This was without Tyler Smith. This was without Donovan Wilson. And that and that, that second I'm one you said for effect. This is a pause for effect on purpose. Like, I feel you. On. I feel you. And, and getting a guy like Tyler back is definitely going to help in the red zone because you you don't have the same push as much as I like TJ Bass as much as Chuma Iduga Iduga Idoga has come in and you know held it down as best he can. The push that Tyler's going to give you is so different, man. But we'll, we'll see it oh, hopefully man. this week, if not this week, pretty sure by next week, man. Before I get you well, out I mean, here, it, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, Tyler is, is really trending toward getting on the field this week. I mean, he's back in practice. So uh, today is, is a big day as well. Uh, let's see if he's limited again today because Mike McCarthy said uh, Tyler Smith and Brandon Cooks, uh, Chumi Doga as well. They would be limited on what he said, Donovan, but Donovan went full. I love it. But those guys were expected to be limited yesterday and then potentially ramped up today. So let's see if they ramp up today. If so, I mean, you might want to draw a circle around a potential uh, debut this season for Tyler. On your way out, man, let us know. I'm a, I think I'm going to do this every week, brother. Bold predictions. And, and this one this one might get a little fun because I'm pretty sure you watched the Cardinals. There's a lot of possible. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of possibilities on both sides of the ball. But if you had a bold prediction this week, uh, what would it be here? Uh, bold prediction is the defense scores two defensive touchdowns. Ooh. I guess the Give me two defensive touchdowns. I think um, Demarcus Lawrence. If you noticed yesterday in his uh, post game interview, oh sorry, his locker room interview, post practice interview. When I asked him about being a run, an elite run defender, he said the only thing missing now is getting that ball. Hmm, I'm going to mm. take that as a hint. So give me a forced fumble uh, and a scoop and score uh, from Tank. And I don't know who's scoop and score, but I think Tank forces the fumble. So that's one defensive touchdown. And give me one from give me one for Osa, man. Give, give me a big boy touchdown from Osa. You know, so I think two defensive touchdowns against this Cardinals team. I mean, it'd be easy to take the low-hanging fruit uh, against the Cardinals defense without Carlos Watkins, Buda Baker, and say, oh, yeah, they'll do this and this, especially with Brandon Cooks back. Yeah, that's 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 like, I want to see the Cowboys defense score two defensive touchdowns. We haven't seen that in a long time. Show, show it to that. me on Sunday. I know I like that one because week one, uh, who was it? Uh, Joshua Dobbs was pressured a whole lot by the Washington football people, who, by the way, are tied to Cowboys in sacks. And he fumbled uh, three times, I think, in that game and lost two of them, or at least he, he lost two fumbles. Oh, you're smelling what I'm cooking. Yeah, you're smelling what and I'm one cooking. of them was a touchdown, Pat. So th- there's that one. Yeah, you're, smelling, you're smelling what the Rock is cooking. Indeed. And this dude think he's sometimes Patrick Mahomes, and he just makes some ridiculous throws and gets a little arrogant, and you can't do that with this secondary. So that, it might not be two oh, scoops, no, no, no. Scores, but it might be a pick six. Keep- yeah, yeah, keep that energy. You're right. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Keep that energy because, I mean, it could be a scoop of, uh, score and or a pick six, or it could be two pick sixes. Uh, 
the Cowboys, two defensive touchdowns is my bold prediction against the Cardinals. Hey, you talking about the Rock. Sometimes I was watching Josh Dobbs and was like, Who in the blue hell are you? <laughs> what are you doing, son? <laughs> The scientific method, Joe. That's packed. I love it. <laughs> check them out later today. Or, or no, I was almost said hanging with the boys because you was on hanging with the boys. But catch them on the break. I, I had to tap in with them because because I love those guys, but they tried me. So they did, bro. They did. The hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> but yeah, before you go, Pat said you got your clock out. Get the clock. Start yeah. the clock. Ninety seconds. Friday. Ninety second promo. Let's go. We getting there. We and I had time to spare. <laughs> Pat's man, he's a beast. That's why you're the best, man. Appreciate you, big dog. Talk to you next week. Yes, sir, Scott. Talk to you later. Thanks for watching, and make sure to follow and subscribe to A to Z Dallas so you don't miss an episode of the Scientific Method every Thursday morning, 9 a.m. Central, on Facebook and YouTube. With every episode available on a to z sports.com.